0: It's something for nothing, The Rush Fancast. Jerry and Steve with you as always. Jerry, how's it going?
1: It's going great, Steve. How are you?
0: Fantastic. You can find us on Twitter at RushFancast Instagram. We are at the Rushcast. Email Jerry, therushcast at gmail.com. The base intro and outro is Lex, and Jerry, Lex is not a coffee
1: drinker. He's not. He's not. He's not part of the coffee generation, coffee achievers? He
0: is not a coffee achiever. He emailed me today and said, Steve, I don't drink coffee. So
1: I got someone on my team. Did you ask him about tea? Does he drink tea?
0: I did not ask him about tea. Mm. We'll update again next week whether Lex drinks tea. This is very important stuff.
1: Well, then we need to know if he drinks decaffeinated tea or regular tea or herbal tea or green tea.
0: He'll have to get back to us. Okay. <laughs> I've got a Twitter (laughs) poll for you, Jar. It's not about coffee or Lex's drinking habits. Okay. But it is about snakes and arrows. All right. The final four songs on snakes and arrows. I put it up as a poll. What's your favorite rush fans? And they said,
1: you're going to give me the choices,
0: bravest face, good news. First malignant narcissism, or we hold on.
1: Oh man.
0: I'm not giving you any hints this time.
1: I'm going to throw a curveball and say malignant narcissism.
0: You're correct. Wow, really? And by a lot. Wow.
1: Very surprised.
0: 57% said malignant narcissism. Mm. Bravest face came in second, 18%. We hold on, 17%. Mm. And good news first came in last, 8%.
1: That's the bad news, right?
0: It was a blowout. It really was yeah. a blowout. So. After our first three Twitter polls, I took the top songs of all three Twitter <sighs> polls okay, and put them up as a poll. So you've got Far Cry, The Main Monkey Business, or Malignant Narcissism. Two instrumentals, huh? Two instrumentals.
1: Definitely saying Far Cry.
0: Far Cry. Blew it out. 67%. Yeah. Malignant Narcissism, 17 Main Monkey Business, 15%.
1: So there you have it. There you go. That's, that's the top song on the album. You got an email for us, Jar? I do. This is one I've been um, kind of s- not really sitting on, but just having a back and forth with um, this guy named Jared Schofer. Um, he's uh, on Instagram at jared2112.
0: I like the email.
1: And he spells Jared J-A-R-A-D. Okay. So if you want to check him out, he is doing something interesting. He's walking across the United States of America to raise money for cancer research. Wow. Yeah. So this is what his original email was to me in February is when he sent it. He said, in mid-March, I'm going to start walking across the U S to raise money for cancer research. And I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about it. The loss of Neil has been incredibly tough on the rush community because that's really what we are. We are a community of people who share a special bond. It's like a secret club. As has been said many times on your podcast, it was surprising to see how much we were all affected by the death of someone that most of us had never met. For several years now, I've had a dream to cross America on foot and raise money for charity. After seeing what happened to Neil, the choice to raise money for cancer research seemed clear to me, but I'm not doing it just for Neil. I'm doing it for him and for all the loved ones out there who have passed on way too soon from this horrible disease. I'll be starting in LA and I wanted to share with you What my first day will be like. I plan to start at the Santa Monica Pier and then, just as Neil did many times, walk down Olympic Avenue toward downtown L.A. I'll be pushing a stroller to hold my gear, food, and water, which I have obviously named Neil. I plan to finish day one by arriving at Rush Street. Look it up in South (laughs) El Monte, California, which is approximately 30 miles from the Santa Monica Pier. So, you can follow him on, like I said, at Jarry2112, J A R A D. And he posts every day on his Instagram where he is, little videos and things like that. And I think currently he's in Oklahoma. Wow. And he started in February? He started in March. Wow. That's crazy. He's halfway through. His itinerary is about 30 to 35 miles a day, he said. Basically, he's going from LA. To Phoenix, Albuquerque, Oklahoma City, which is probably where he is now, Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, and he's going to finish in Virginia Beach.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. I think we should drive to Virginia Beach and meet him there at the end. What do you think?
1: (laughs) You want to? I would love to. That'd be awesome. That would be pretty cool. He says he's going to finish mid to late June, depending on how many miles he does a day.
0: Wow. Maybe we can get a coalition of Rush fans to go to Virginia Beach and cheer him on as he gets to the finish line. Oh, that'd be good. It's a great idea, Steve. I mean, even if we can't make it, maybe we can get some listeners who live in Virginia to head over there and give him a round of applause at the end.
1: Yeah, he's definitely also uh, looking for people to like walk a mile with him just to kill time, I guess. So if any Rush fans are in this area, in the areas I mentioned along his route, if you want to go to his Instagram page, you can get in touch with him. And also, he's raising money, so there's a link to his fundraising page on cancerresearch.org, I think. He's looking to raise $100,000, and right before we started recording, he's got about 21000
0: That's great.
1: That is great, right?
0: That's great. Well, I definitely think we should donate, and I think we should really think about driving down there and walking that last leg with him, or cheering him on at the end, or
1: both. Okay, I think you, you, you've just volunteered us for something, so we <laughs> might have to do it now.
0: <laughs> Why not? Why not? It'll be fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, we've got a great episode today, Jer. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Our top 10 Rush songs. We're going to do it today.
1: I know. It's it's a daunting and frightening prospect. Let me tell you.
0: Well, because it was so frightening, we decided to invite a couple of friends to join us on this Odyssey. And we're going to be doing a crossover episode with our friends from the Rush fans Instagram page. We've got Ryan Murphy and Jim Benner from Rush Fans. Welcome, guys.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: So why don't we start with Jim, because this is Jim's first appearance on the show, Jared. We need Jim's Rush origin story. So Jim, tell us when you first heard Rush, and how did you become a fan?
3: Well, uh, I think it was in, I'll have to say it was ninth grade, early 1982. A friend of mine played Tom Sawyer and I was blown away. I am a drummer, so of course, I was sort of hooked from that standpoint, but I was just blown away, I was floored. And then they told me that, yeah, there's only three guys. And I said, what, three guys make all that racket? That is just crazy. I really, really enjoyed it and and really started getting into them. And then shortly after that, I got really sick with tonsillitis, and um, my mom bought me, she knew I was getting into it, so she bought me a Rush record. She didn't buy the one that had Tom Sawyer on it. I was a little disappointed, but she bought the brand new album Signals that had just come out. And I started listening to that and it just really sucked me in. All of the songs on there. Digital Man was one of my favorites on the album and I just couldn't get enough of it. That's how I got into Rush. Uh, That was in 1982. And here we are. I'm still into Rush. (laughs) You have to be if you're on here. Yeah. (laughs)
0: The rest is history, right?
3: The rest is history.
0: So Ryan, uh, why don't you tell us what's going on at the Rush Fans Instagram page? You've also got a YouTube channel you want to tell us about. So fill us in before we get into our top tens.
2: Absolutely. So what we're doing with our YouTube channel now is we're, we're really trying to grow that. It's pretty unique. There's not really much else out there like what we're doing. Of course, we have our weekly Rush discussions called Rush Roundtable that both Jerry and Steve, you guys have been on anyone's welcome to come on that various different topics that we're doing there we have three new series as well one of them is called rush roots which is basically we're chatting with rush fans as to how they got into the band so kind of their rush origin story if you will another one we're doing which jerry and jim and stephanie and myself are part of it's called stick it out it's a monthly discussion where we're each assigned one of eight rush songs that we all chose songs that we either don't like or songs just have kind of eluded us for the majority of our Rush fandom and we have to listen to that one song 20 times or so and then report back to the group. Did it grow on us? Do we still not like it? Do we like it less? And then the last one we're doing which is brand new, it's called Rush Deep Dive and this has uh, our friend Donna Halper on it uh, as well as myself uh, and Matt and Tim. We're diving into all 19 albums. We're each choosing one deep cut song from respective album that we're talking about and just discussing it as a group and that's been so far a a pretty big hit we started with clockwork angels and we're going uh, that's posted now and we're going to be going in reverse order so lots of cool things happening on the rush fans uh, youtube channel and as always the instagram account that's been around a while that's growing uh and that's also a lot of fun as well so
1: and steve Guess what my song is for this month on the, uh, stick it out. Go ahead. Take a wild guess.
0: Tai Shan.
1: It's tai Shan. <laughs> I have to listen to tai Shan 20 times.
0: So I'm going to guess that tai Shan is not in your top 10 Rush songs today, Jer?
1: No, it's at the, <laughs> what's the last? It's little. It literally, I made a list and it is literally the one at the bottom.
0: Well, I don't know about you guys, but this was really, really hard for me to whittle it down to just 10 songs. Everybody's nodding their head. So why don't we get into it? What we're going to do is everyone's going to give their number 10 song, and then we're going to count down from there. So why don't we start with you, Jer? What's your number 10 and why?
1: Well, like you said, impossible. Remember uh, Ryan? We had Ryan on, Ryan Reed. Yes. And we were talking for smack a couple of episodes about all his rankings. Well, this was so hard to do. This was so hard to do. And we just did 10. Okay, so anyway, my number 10 is The Anarchist from Clockwork Angels. Wow, okay. I like it because it's a a late catalog gem, and it contains one of my favorite brush lines, which is an early promise that somehow died, a missing part of me that grows around me like a cage. I just love the fact that there's a part of his character that he doesn't have. He hasn't had since childhood, and it has encased, even though it's not there, it has encased him in a cage, and he can't grow because of it. I love that.
0: That's an unorthodox number 10 choice. What do you guys think?
2: Definitely different. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's an endorsement. It's a great tune, though. It is. It's a really great tune. Wait till we get to number four.
0: All right, Jim. What's your number ten, Jim?
3: So for me, number ten is "Prime Mover." Wow! Just a really great driving song. It starts with drums, which is great for me. And well, my lyric that I really like on it is, "The point of a journey is not to arrive." I always thought that was really cool. That there's there's so much to see on the way to anything, or on the way through life. That you know, don't just worry about your destination don't miss everything that you're going to wind up seeing you know that's kind of how i take that and my my quick story was that we were in a hotel down in austin texas and there was a, a family who came in and they were like oh my gosh we finally made it and you know they were sort of hemming and hawing about that and i said well you guys know the point of a journey is not to arrive and they were like wow that is so profound <laughs> 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 did, did you credit neil
0: Yeah, I did. I did.
3: I said, no, this is not me. It's a song. (laughs) But I I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, Prime Mover. I
0: love the fact that we got a Hold Your Fire song in somebody's top 10. That's cool. Ryan, what's your number 10?
2: So, where would I rather be? Anywhere, anywhere but here. No. Wow. My number 10 is a song that can only be described as a bit demented. It is Double Agent from Counterparts. Wow, I love it. Is that more of a curveball than mine? You could say so, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, the spoken word on this is something that I originally hated, uh, and then it really grew on me. I think it's super unique, uh, similar to how Rush is very unique and experimental. You know, I mean, I think they were always experimenting with new sounds and such. And I think they definitely did that with the spoken word here, the guitar work. On counterparts as a whole is is just great. But this, this song is fantastic. The guitar solo just shows Alex's genius. You know, how it's perfect fit for this song, too. But for those that don't like this song, I would say try to get by the spoken word first, uh, because that's like the biggest complaint that I hear about why people don't like this song. Try to get by the spoken word. Once you do, you'll be hooked. The instrumentation is awesome. And I think you'll really understand why the spoken word is there because it really fits into the song.
0: I think that's a great pick. I love that song. I wouldn't put it in my top 10, but I commend you for doing it.
2: I love it.
1: That was the first song I had to listen to on uh, stick it out. And it, I became a fan of it. Yep. How could you not? I know. It's fantastic. Steve, what's yours? What's your number 10?
0: My number 10 is Manhattan project. Hmm. Many of the songs on my list Are songs that have kind of a cinematic quality to them. And this song brings all the images of that moment to my mind. You know, the moment when the bomb drops on Hiroshima. And it's just a real difficult time in our history. And I think the song really captures that. My favorite line from the song The hopeful depend on a world without end, whatever the hopeless may say. (laughs) And Neil's drums are just fantastic. Alex's guitar work is epic. Has to be in my top 10. Manhattan Project. Thoughts? Nice.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> it really it's it's really it's one of it's just one of those songs that, you know, it's there isn't a band other than Rush who could write a song <laughs> about the Manhattan Project. You know what I mean? About the making of the first nuclear weapon. It's just uh, it's it's a it's a rare thing.
0: All right, Cher. Yes. We're down to number 9 for you. What you got?
1: I have YYZ. <laughs> all right from of course moving pictures so i think it speaks for itself I, there's really nothing else i can say about it. that's it yyz yep. number nine that, yeah everybody knows why it's
3: <laughs> should be higher probably but everybody knows what yyz is about. all
0: right that was easy jim what's your number
3: nine <laughs> Well, my number nine comes from an album that i think um is often pushed aside my number nine is lakeside park oh wow I actually love the entire Crest of Steel album. I, I think it is really a fantastic piece of work. But Lakeside Park really stands out, you know, for me. Again, it starts with drums. This is not a theme throughout my entire list, though. I can't really put it into great words, but the song just, just hooks me. I just, I just really enjoy it. It's
1: very nostalgic. Kind of is. Every, everybody has a Lakeside Park.
3: Yeah.
0: Ryan,
1: you're number nine.
2: My number nine is Armor and Sword from the Snakes and Arrows album. Wow. Yeah, so mentioning Stick It Out, the series we're doing on YouTube, this was actually my first song that I got, and it was one. I didn't put it on my list because I didn't like it. I put it on my list because it was one that has, like, eluded me over the years. Uh, and, And Jerry and Steve, you guys had discussed Snakes and Arrows, and... We were just getting into starting Stick It Out at that time. And I listened to your podcast and I thought, all right, this is going on my list because I hope that I can really get into it here soon. And funny enough, it was the first song I got. I think the intro is perfect. I love Getty's voice uh, and the lyric when he sings, our better natures seek elevation, a refuge for the coming night. No one gets to their heaven without a fight. I get chills every time I hear that. It's got moments of heaviness but also kind of upbeat and calming parts to it. It's got everything that I like in a Rush song, kind of similar to Headlong Flight. I know that you guys have said that uh, a few times too, but I think my only complaint with this song is that the guitar solo was, would be a tad bit longer. Then again, mm-hmm. the song is over six minutes, but yeah, it, it's one that I'm, I'm recently into, but I think it's going to be on my top 10 for the rest of time.
0: So if we didn't talk about it on our podcast, it would have been lower on your list, you think?
2: Oh, totally. I would say so, yeah. Uh, wow, you spoke very highly of it. I think, yeah, I think you guys have a way of doing that for people. Uh,
1: <laughs> look at that, Steve. We're influencers. I do. We are
0: influencers. <laughs> so my number nine is Red Sector A. This song is just so emotional and had such meaning for Getty and for Alex. And just seeing that song performed live, is what jumps out at me. Just an amazing song. And Neil's drums, as Jim keeps saying, the, the drums are a standout on this song. And Getty's voice is outstanding on this song too, I think. And my favorite line is simply, all that we can do is just survive. Mm. It just brings a tear to your eye.
1: It does. real downer, Steve. Thanks.
0: Yeah, bringing you down. Number eight for you, <sighs> Jer.
1: Well, this is the, actually the oldest song on my list, Xanadu. Oh, okay. I think my favorite line in Xanadu is is the one about the, the milk and honey or whatever the honeydew. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. It's Xanadu. I mean, like Y Y Z. What are you going to say about Xanadu? Is this
0: what you're going to do for your whole list? Just say, well, yep. it's Xanadu. I I yep. can't. I don't have to explain because everybody it's... knows
1: what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 All right, fine. Don't don't say anything. It's what is it? How long is it, Steve? We went over this when we talked about it. It's 11 minutes. It's 11 minutes long. Right. The first five minutes or whatever, no lyrics. And it just builds up this story. There are horses clomping in the background. There's mist. You can see the mist. I mean, it's just an incredible cinematic song based on a, an old poem. It's just a classic Rush way of doing things, you know?
2: Plus, there's double next.
1: Double next. That's right. If I'm not mistaken, it's the only song they ever play double next on. I might be wrong, but I don't ever remember them playing, busting out the double necks a lot, but it seems to be the most iconic photo of them is playing those stupid double necks when they played it for 11 minutes every concert every, every other year. <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: Can't argue with that.
1: Jim, what's your number eight? All
3: right, number eight for me, we're going with Circumstances. Oh, okay. It's such a really great short piece that's the super energetic, you know, Flies through a few different sections, has a really quiet, calm interlude in the bridge. And, you know, even though all three guys are playing pretty busy, I mean, each of their individual parts are pretty busy. I've always felt that they do not ever, you know, detract from each other or sort of overstep or overshadow. It blends in really, really well.
0: And it's in a crazy time signature, which is also cool.
3: (laughs) Yes, that's always fun. More songs should be in crazy time signatures.
0: So far, I love Jim's and Ryan's list, Jared. They're very different. Different than mine,
1: that's for sure. Is that a knock against my list, Steve? You don't love my list?
0: Yours is is expected. Uh, Don't take that the wrong way, but... I just did. Of course, I took that the wrong way. What kind
1: of... (laughs) I know you too well. That's the thing. It's like saying, you're not conventionally good looking. Don't take that the wrong way. (laughs) Let's move on.
0: Ryan, Ryan, what's your number eight? Most people have noses. (laughs)
2: Okay, so my number eight is Lock and Key because, you know, it's just Lock and Key is good. It's just like YYZ (laughs) and Xanadu, There's just Lock and Key. Uh, Lock and Key from Hold Your Fire, uh, a song that deals with the primal killer instinct in all of us. Uh, You know, if, if murder wasn't against the law or considered immoral, would we all be murderers? I guess, who knows? Neil writes about it. The opening synth, it really sets the tone Uh, with Getty speaking, you know, I don't want to face the killer instinct, face it in You or Me. The bass line, killer, Getty plays a five string. Uh, One of the lyrics I really like from this song is when Getty sings, no reward for resistance, no assistance, no applause. always found that just so badass. Uh, And the guitar solo, criminally underrated. Alex might want less keyboards in this era but uh, the solo in this song is a complete banger. I think that Lock and Key is by far the best song on Hold Your Fire, and anyone that wants to debate that, you know where to find me. (laughs) Wow. I will come find you and and buy for my favorite song. Yeah, We've got some gauntlets
1: being thrown today.
0: I thought you were going to say you want to fight them. (laughs) (laughs) He's putting up his dukes. Fist the cuffsmanship. My number eight is from Clockwork Angels, and it's The Garden. Ever since Neil passed, this song has risen steadily Mm -hmm. on my list of favorite songs, and I don't think I could do a top ten without putting this song on it. The perfect ending not only to the album, but to Rush's career. Mm -hmm. This has to be in my top ten. And a line from the song, The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect. Mm. So hard to earn. So easily
1: burned. (laughs) Brilliant. I can't wait till we talk about that album. I can't wait to. Right.
0: I might convince myself to put it even higher on my top 10.
1: It takes your entire lifetime to build up whatever respect you gain in a community. And all you have to do is, you know, trip on one manhole cover and it's gone, you know? Yeah. So easily burned. So easily burned.
2: Super emotional tune that I think all Rush fans you know it really grew on all of us after neil's passing that was funny enough the first song that i put on after i heard of neil's passing on my way home from work that, mm. that friday afternoon and yeah super super emotional song but great tune nonetheless
0: all right jerry we're down to seven let's hear it yeah make it not predictable please
1: <sighs> <can't do> <laughs> um number seven is distant early warning I wouldn't have expected that. That's a good one. Oh, okay, good. Because first of all, Grace Under Pressure, fantastic album. gets lost in between other albums, but it's a fantastic album. And again, it's one of those songs that only Rush could write, right? About, it's about saving the world, you know, the, the huge, distant, early warning system that's supposed to protect the entire world from nuclear <laughs> annihilation. Goes bust one day, basically. And, uh, Inspires the song, uh, it's and it rocks. I mean, jeez, jeez, Louise, this song really rocks. So, anytime you can you can meld the rockin' and uh, crazy lyrics about nuclear annihilation, you hooked me.
0: Can't argue with that. I love that song. Love the bassline too. Yeah, Jim, what's your number seven?
3: I for my number seven, I have grand designs. Oh wow! And uh, if I if I can take a direct quote from From the Rush fan song discussion on this at the beginning. Energy power. Driving bass, guitar rugs, harmonics, syncopated drum rhythms, and yes, keyboards. This tune has it all and it rocks.
0: I love power windows. It's it's I love that pick. Yeah. Ryan's giving the thumbs up. He likes it too.
2: yeah we'll get there oh yeah oh wow it's on your list Uh oh
0: spoiler alert all right number seven for you ryan
2: jerry i'm gonna do you one better on grace under pressure my number seven is one that i pulled out of the vault it's called between the wheels uh the recognizable keyboards at the beginning i think are are great you know the guitar part uh builds from that i just love the slow intro uh of course my intro to, to this uh, to this song here is, is what Getty said on R30 when he introduced this song they were pulling it out of the vault and I find that crazy because I listen to this song weekly. It's definitely not in the vault for me but I love the instrumentation on the chorus. I love the lyrics uh, at the end of the chorus, frozen in the fatal climb but the wheels of time just pass you by. I think this guitar solo is one of Alex Lifeson's best, one of my favorites. It's a rather deep cut. In my opinion, but I think the song really stands up to Distant Early Warning" and Red Sector Ray as three of the best songs on this record. Mm-hmm. I love it.
1: Yep. That was quite a shock, Steve, when we saw them play it right on was it R30, right? Oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting it.
0: Yeah, and Rush's vault is different from our vault, really. I mean, their vault, they have songs in the vault. No songs
2: are in our vault. That's true. Very true.
0: Now I know I said Jerry was predictable, but my list is sort of predictable too, at least in my mind. And my number seven is 2112. This is the song that put Rush on the map for me, really. And I was blown away the first time I heard this. As a new Rush fan hearing 2112 for the first time, it's just imprinted in my brain. And it still blows me away to this day. It's heavy in parts, beautiful in parts. Incredible story by Neil. And just a tour de force for Alex, I think. And my favorite part of the song is Discovery.
1: Well, you must have been excited when they played it live, right? Oh,
0: oh, amazing.
1: I asked the question. I was standing right next to you. <laughs> See how it sings like
0: a sad heart. Joyously screams out its pain. Sounds that build high like a mountain. And notes that fall gently like rain.
1: And then Alex does it. <laughs> like like rain. Oh my God, he's so good. All right, Jer. Very exciting! We're up to number six. What you got? I have the spirit o radio.
0: I've never heard that one. Spirit o radio. Yeah, it's the Irish.
2: It's the, it's the bagpipe version. You've never heard the bagpipe version. The bagpipe version that was done by Rash. Oh. Uh, yeah,
1: done by Rash. Exactly. Yeah, the spirit of radio. This is a classic. It had to be in there. As we get down to you know the top five or six or whatever, these are the songs I listen to probably the most. So, I listen to the spirit of radio a lot. It's an inspirational song. It's a fun song. It's a driving song. That's when, uh, you know, fan tunes, a lot of that took place. A lot of that uh, cartoon or video they put together took place in in a car and that's really the best place to listen to the song is is driving as fast as you are legally or illegally allowed to. Can't argue. Wow. All right, Jim, number six for you.
3: Well, since... Jerry is talking about a driving song. I'm going to have to go with Driven for my number six.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
3: It's my favorite song off of Test for Echo. Another album I think is sort of pushed a little bit aside. I can really hear the the change um, in Neil's playing after he, he had studied with uh, drum guru uh, Freddie Gruber. And he really changed. He changed his grip. He changed his setup. He changed where things are positioned. I can really hear that that difference in feel. And this song is just—it's very driving, you know. And um, you know, a couple of one one of the lyrics that I really like that I found just really interesting in it is "Driven to the margin of error, driven to the edge of control, driven to the margin of terror, driven to the edge of a deep dark hole." And right after, right after those lyrics, they, they kind of break down and go into Geddy's little bass kind of kind of deal, which I think is really cool.
1: Definitely has like an odd rhythm at the beginning. Oh yeah, you know it's, a, it's just a, a just a tad off kilter. Oh yeah, which is why I really like it too. So Ryan, you're number six.
2: So it's my turn to drive. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Before I tell you all my number six, I'm gonna ask you all that you put on your 3D glasses. Otherwise, you'll only be seeing this or listening to this in one half D. Be sure you put them on, otherwise you can't enjoy the scary (laughs) effects. They'll whip right out at you, believe me. And listen to that synthesizer. This is the weapon from Signals. Of course, my intro was a reference to the Count Floyd uh, video in the power, or excuse me, the Grace under pressure tour. You know, the song starts by paraphrasing FDR's inaugural address. Uh, you know, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, and in this song is uh, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Uh, but I always kind of grew up studying presidents, I guess, if you will, and I always thought that was cool. Uh, the lyrics are are dark but also relatable, and this guitar solo, very haunting but very melodic. It fits this song perfectly. I always rave about Alex's solo work in the 80s just because you know he really needed to find his spots uh, as the guitars were somewhat pushed aside for the synths. Uh, and I'm not sure that there is an Alex solo that fits a Rush song more perfectly than the one in The Weapon. I'm definitely not saying that this is his best solo, but I'm saying that in terms of fitting the song, this is pretty close to the top. I love this tune. And it's great live in the Grace Under Pressure DVD as well.
1: What I love about that first uh, stanza is, you know, we've got nothing to fear, but fear itself, you know, is like you said, FDR trying to make everyone feel safe and secure. But then Neil (laughs) jumps in with like all of these, all of these alternatives, like like, not pain or failure, not fatal tragedy, (laughs) not the faulty units in this mad machinery. He's like, what are you talking about? We have lots of things to fear.
2: (laughs) And it's cool that it's part of a trilogy too, you know? Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. So my number six is La Villa Strangiato. My favorite of the Rush instrumentals. Jerry's laughing why? Your pronunciation.
1: <laughs> is it bad? No, it was good. it's good. Strangiato. Yeah.
0: The only instrumental in my top ten, so there's a spoiler for you, showcases everything I love about Rush in one song. So many twists and turns. And I just think this is Rush at their musical peak. I'm not sure if they wrote another song that was as complex and just musically creative is this song. What do you guys think?
3: I agree. I agree too.
2: I also agree. There we go. Unanimous. I think, Steve, you mentioned at the beginning that a lot of your songs are, you know, based off scenery or imagery. And I think a mm-hmm. song with no lyrics, it paints a fantastic picture in your head, even without words.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Jer, where are the top five?
1: What you got? My top five song is. Natural science, ooh, because natural science, in my estimation, is one of the kookiest songs anyone has ever written. Just the kookiest, craziest, out of this world song. That's about, you know, the entire evolution of a society inside of a, a little tide pool. It's just the craziest, craziest <laughs> theme for a song, and it's just the the song itself. The the music is is insane in parts. You know what I mean? It's like, makes you wonder, you know, whether or not you're viewing reality correctly. Sometimes depends on, I guess what mood you're in, but it's definitely a good, I listen to natural science a lot for it being a really long song. So
0: can't argue with that.
3: Jim, you're number five. My number five is the analog kid.
1: Oh,
0: ah,
3: good one. Thank you. What can you say? The analog kid. No, it's uh, a, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> It's really still my no descriptions. It's really upbeat. It's really energetic. it's exciting. The imagery that Neil paints lyrically, I think, is very interesting, you know, about a boy lying in the grass, you know, basically tipping his hat down to cover his eyes. He's just kind of hanging out and, and dreaming about the fawn-eyed girl that that he likes, or that is at least occupying his thoughts. And Alex's guitar solo in this song is just nothing short of absolutely outstanding. The energy that he played in the, on the Clockwork Angels tour uh, for this song that was captured on the DVD is just amazing. Just amazing. It was so great to see, to see those close-ups of Alex. You could really see what he's playing and what he's doing. And being able to watch him play it kind of brings a brand new appreciation to his talent. You were there, Jim, right? I was there in Dallas where they filmed it. Yes. I was. Really? Yes. It was very exciting. Have you gone frame by frame? I have, and I have not found myself. But <laughs> but when they, when I saw the trailer for the DVD and it said, good evening, Dallas, I almost shed a tear. I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is so great.
0: <laughs> great choice. Great choice, Jim. Thank you. And Ryan, you're number five.
2: My number 5 is Marathon from Power Windows. Ooh, the opening line, it's not how fast you can go, I think is the theme for the entire song. It's super relatable, deals with us doing anything we want to do in our lifetime if we don't burn out too fast, you know. I get chills every time I hear Getty sing the first time he sings in the long run. Just think it's uh, chills. I have nothing else to say but chills. Uh, but the the build up to the guitar solo here, uh, that part, it makes me feel like I'm like racing on a bicycle or I'm running in a marathon or something. It's, it's so well done for this song, you know. Uh, it's just another great, you're going to hear me talk a lot about Alex's 80s guitar work. And I think it's just another uh, prime example of that. This song was wedged in between free will and subdivisions on the Time Machine Tour. It closed the first set. And I always thought that that made this song feel that much more important. And the last thing I want to say about Marathon is uh, on our Rush fans account on Instagram, we did a deep track madness uh, where we had deep tracks battle it out to, I guess, get the title of ultimate rush deep track. And this song won. And I don't think there's any other Rush song that's more deserving of that title than Marathon. I think it's it's not, uh, you know, super deep in the catalog, but it's really awesome song.
0: And I commend your ability to get a plug-in on almost every one of your picks. This is awesome. (laughs) My number five is probably going to be a little controversial, but it's Tom Sawyer. What can you say, Jarrett? It's Tom Sawyer. At
1: number five?
0: At number five. I mean, look, it's not Mm. my number one, but it's got to be in my top ten. This song is synonymous with Rush. And look, I understand that we've heard Tom Sawyer... Billions of times, but it's still a great song. Yeah. And just because we've heard it over and over again, doesn't mean it's not a great song. Doesn't mean it's not in my top 10. It's number five And the solo section. I know you're going to think this is blasphemous, Jer, but I think it's better than the free will solo section.
1: Mm, yeah. That's a tough one.
0: It's a tough one.
1: It is a tough one.
0: But I, I love Getty's line on the solo section. And this song is fantastic. And It's number five
1: for me. You're saying that it's uh, controversial because because
0: it's Tom Sawyer.
1: People don't think it should be there at all. Some people will say that. I bet Ryan would say that. I bet. Well, we'll find out what Ryan's going to. No
2: <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I think that I think Tom Sawyer is a great song. Spoiler: It's not going to be in my top ten, and it wouldn't be in my top twenty. But it's all personal preference. I mean, your opinions of these songs, I might disagree with them, but I don't think they can be wrong. You know, it's what you like is what you like. But it's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> It's not in my
0: top ten. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Jer. what's your number four? We're up to number four. This is exciting.
1: It's Limelight. I think, like you said, you know, the, the big songs on moving pictures probably don't make a lot of people's top tens just because they've heard them so much. But Limelight is just a perfect song. It is just so well done on every single level, lyrically, musically, everything about that song. And, of course, you've said it a thousand times, Alex's solo in this song is my favorite solo that he's ever done. He just draws out the emotion in this song, just note by note. He hangs on notes, and he's bending the crap out of them, and he's just, oh, just so good every time.
0: Can't argue with that. We all love Limelight, and I bet we're going to love Jim's number four, too. What you got, Jim?
3: Well, for my number four, I have to have a force field and a flexible plan. Hmm. Digital Man my favorite song on signals. Just a absolutely killer tune with a nice little kind of jazzy bit that that Neil threw in there as well. Just one that my 15 year old self just latched on to the song and never let go. And I think it was, wasn't it the third song on the Snakes and Arrows set? I think it went uh, Limelight entre and digital man.
0: I believe so. Yeah.
3: Or did it? Yeah. So I mean, I was, I was really thrilled to hear that again because I heard it on the signal store to hear it again on the snakes and arrows tour. So that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: I just love how your first album that you bought still sticks with you to this day.
3: It does. There's, there's a lot on that album that is very, is very moving and I guess very nostalgic at the same time for me.
0: All right, Ryan, let's hear your number four.
2: Jim, you really like Signals there, eh?
3: <laughs>
2: well, Signal Transmitted Message Received. Uh, my number four is Chemistry from Signals. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Chemistry. The opening synth to the, to the mini guitar solo that Alex plays right off the bat just gets me so hyped. I love that. Many might say that this song is about like emotional chemistry and relationships, or some say that it might be about high school science class. But I really think this song is the band making a statement about how in tune they were at this point in their career. You know, they're fresh off moving pictures, and they're a three piece band that totally kicks ass. Uh, It's the last song where all three members are credited with lyrics, and I think that's just another reason why. Quite literally, this song is about the chemistry they have with each other. There's a lyric, no flow without the other. Oh, but how do we make contact with one another? Uh, Nobody in the band can be replaced, you know. And all three members of the band are at the top of their game here. In this song, I think the guitar solo, again, simply one of Alex's best. And the drum fill that Neil does uh, at the end of that guitar solo is nothing short of amazing. It's an underrated gem off of Signals. Check it out if you haven't.
0: You know, it's interesting because my number four is from Signals as well. Strange that Signals is uh, appearing quite a bit on our top ten list, and mine is The Analog Kid, just like Jim. This is one of my all-time favorite songs, and again, it's got that cinematic quality. You're transported into this scenario that Neil's creating here, and it's just fantastic. An awesome verse, one of Getty's best bass lines, an incredible bridge too. So... I echo Jim's thoughts on the analog kit. That's my number four.
3: I really like your number four. Thanks, Jim.
0: <laughs> so, Jar, what do you think? Number three for you. Top
1: three. Top three. Number three. You ready, Steve? I'm ready. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer? How could you pick Tom Sawyer? Oh, you kid. thought it was going to come in <laughs> at number one, didn't you? I did, I did. I bumped it down to number three. Wow. I think "Tom Sawyer" is the best lead-off song of any Rush album. It just explodes, and it's so weird. You know, every song that was co-written with Pie Dubois, you know, you really have to work to figure out what is going on in that song. The lyrics are so obtuse at times, and that just adds the more mystery to it you know I mean you listen to the, the music a lot of times you're like what are they doing in this song Like, what's what's that how do they play that and then you li- listen to the lyrics of like Tom Sawyer and you're like what's going on in this song what does that mean I don't understand that <laughs> so it's still a mystery to me this, this song after all of these years right, I still love listening to it
0: love that choice I love that pick alright Jim what's your number three
3: my uh, number three is the camera eye oh wow opening up side two of the moving pictures LP The imagery that it creates, I mean, I I think of Manhattan when I listen to it, and I didn't even go to Manhattan until probably three years ago. And even without being there, this, the song made me think about that, you know, especially the lyrics, the buildings are lost in their limitless rise. My feet catch the pulse and the purposeful stride. It just, just really kind of brought me to that. I think the, their playing is just, excellent and that second part of the song where they sort of change things up a little bit it's just a it's a nice little change and it's always exciting to hear
2: jerry and steve were you guys in madison square garden on the time machine tour we were when they did the camera eye and when getty sings chase through the streets of manhattan and you know the whole building erupted it, <laughs> yeah. it gives me chills just thinking yeah it's
0: fantastic fantastic what's your number three ryan
2: Well, let's get right to the heart of the matter. Uh, My number three is a motion detector from Power Windows. Wow. Yes. Wow. If you haven't caught on, I really like the Sintero brush. (laughs) Uh, The opening synths in this song with Neil's drumming underneath that, it just gets me excited. This is the only song from Power Windows that was never played live. Yep. Uh, I was so hoping that we'd get it on our 40. Uh, We did not truly a shame. One of my favorite Rush lyrics ever is from this song. Sometimes our big splashes are just ripples in the pool. The song's about, to me, is about love and relationships and, you know, the complications that go along with that. Uh, The power of love sticking with the theme of power. Really love Alex's guitar solo here. It's a killer solo, no different than what I've said on the the previous songs I've discussed. But uh, I love the end uh, where Geddy sings, feelings run high, right? Shout out to Vicky Hudson and the Spirit of Rush. Uh, she's promised me that they'll do a motion detector in one of their upcoming shows. So oh, wow. I'm very hopeful that, very hopeful that I can be there for that. But uh, they're they are a great tribute band, so I just want to give them some love too. So
0: my number three is from Jerry's list. Natural Science. This song again. All the songs on my list from here on in have this cinematic quality to them. You're transported to this place that Neil has created. You know, the tide pools. It's it's crazy. Yeah. The song takes you on a journey and Getty, Alex, and Neil are at their musical peak here. And uh, the thing that puts it over the top for me is just the experience of seeing them perform this song live. We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, Jar.
1: Yeah.
0: But seeing them perform natural science for the first time on the Test for Echo tour, that was it for me. Yeah. And it was just incredible. This song has been in my top ten Ever since, so that's number three for me. So, Jer, we're ready for your number two.
1: Number two is subdivisions. Ah, subdivisions is such an incredible song. It was, it was definitely, you know, it was first. It was second. It was first. It was second. It was first. Then it was first and first and first. Then it was second. You know, I mean, like this song is so perfect. Not only did you know did it come when when Rush was changing their sound where a lot of different things probably could have fallen apart. You know what I mean? Like bringing in the keyboards could have added a a dimension to the song, but a bad dimension. But instead they, I don't know what was happening when they were writing this song, but this, I love this song. I will never not love this song. Like just like Tom Sawyer, I can hear them play subdivisions every time they played. And as we discovered after we discussed subdivisions of the podcast, someone wrote us in and told us about this, the cyclical nature of mm-hmm. the lyrics themselves, which I had never noticed before until that person told me about it. And now I just love the song even more.
0: It's amazing how many songs from signals are appearing in our top tens, more than moving pictures. I think. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. Shows you how underrated signals is really. Right. So what's your number two, Jim?
3: My number two is entre Nous. Oh, wow. It is my favorite off of Carbonate Waves. Apologies to Natural Science and to Spirit O Radio, (laughs) 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 which are wonderful songs, but Nous* is the one that that really hooks me. Just the the imagery that, and I always kind of go back a lot to the imagery that that Neil creates in this. I mean, just a song about, I, I, I think of it about, you know, not just love, but maybe just about relationships and how you know you want to connect but there's some fleeting thing that prevents it you know like one of my favorite lyrics are we are islands to each other building hopeful bridges on a troubled sea as always had found that lyric pretty fascinating and they played it on snakes and arrows and that was very exciting as well
0: that's a great pick great pick ryan what you got at number two
3: grand designs
2: from power windows Wow. wow nice can you believe it? There's another Power Windows song yeah, on, my, really? on my top 10. Do you like Power Windows, Ryan? I do like Power Windows uh, <laughs> very much. <laughs> you know, I was thrilled to see this song played live three times on Clockwork. Fortunately, I was, I was fortunate enough to see the Clockwork Angels tour three times. So this was always exciting for me. But it's a song that I never tire of. My interpretation of the lyrics is about the power to kind of create and think outside the box, you know, innovate, which is something that Rush did throughout their career. They innovated, uh, speaking about against the run of the mill. You know, that's kind of like against the ordinary. And yeah, again, that's what they did their whole career, experimenting with the synths up to this point. You know, they say you sometimes have to listen to a lot of useless talk. I'm sure that's probably what a lot of the listeners and viewers think of us sometimes. But it's... uh, (laughs) another great speak 80s for your, solo speak for Alex. yourself ryan come on <laughs> no i think the the last thing i wanted to say is is the end of this you know where getty getty screams oh <laughs> that is probably one of the only vocal lines that every single one of us can nail singing in the car <laughs> i love this song i i never tire of it it's great
1: i cannot wait to see what your number one is. yeah I have really no really, idea man. whatsoever
0: I just love the fact that he loves power windows so much. I mean, I know you're you're what probably 15, 20 years younger than us. And you love power windows. It's great.
2: I was born in 93. I was a counterparts baby. Wow.
0: You're way (laughs) younger than, (laughs)
2: Yep. Oh boy. I,
0: I thought 15, 20, it's more like 25. There you go. Anyway, my number two is another song that takes you on an incredible journey. And it's Xanadu. I had Xanadu too. You did have Xanadu too. The slow build on the way to Xanadu is incredible. Neil's percussion is fantastic. And I just have one thing to say about this song. One take. Oh, yeah. They did it in one
1: take. Xanadu. Yeah, Xanadu. Wow. It's hard to say in one take.
0: The only thing you can question me about is why didn't I pick it number one? Yeah. Other than that. Why didn't you? When I get to number one, I'll tell you.
1: Should we try and guess each other's number one song? I don't know. Hmm. I, I, I'm telling you right now, Ryan's off the table. I have no clue where he's going.
3: I will guess Ryan's.
0: I'm going to guess yours, chair. I, th- I think it's La Villa bill.
2: Okay.
3: Anybody else have a guess for yours? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do not know.
2: I think I have an idea. I'm going to guess red Barchetta.
1: Hmm. Everyone is wrong. <laughs> you are all wrong. It's Free Will.
0: Oh, okay. Ah. All right.
1: Free Will, uh, all, all because it's, it was always as a like a teen, as a, as a young man, it, I just loved it, the discussion of free will versus determinism and all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Such a great... It's, a, again, only the kind of song that Rush could write. And then, as we've discussed before, Steve, as Alex is cranking away on a phenomenal solo, Getty and Alex are also just... Going to town. All three of them are basically soloing at the same time. During that solo, it's like a triple solo. And coming out of that solo, as you as we mentioned before, in concert, everyone was just on their feet cheering every time because they could not believe what they had just witnessed happening on stage. And when you listen to it, it's the same thing. When you listen to it on studio, you're like, "What was that?" And they go right back into the 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 lyrics i could listen to free will every day
0: great pick great pick are we going to try and guess Jim's?
2: i think i have a pretty good guess but i'll let you guys guess first
0: i'm going to guess subdivisions yeah
2: in fact i know what it is
1: only by his love of signals was i going to guess subdivisions.
2: i i believe it is the exit stage left version of xanadu the
3: most perfect rust song ryan is correct oh man (laughs) yeah i hate when he's correct Xanadu, to me, was just the epitome of a rough song. I I don't know how to describe it, but it's just the perfect song. It has everything in it. Interesting musical phrases, really quiet parts. They rock out. Neil's got some excellent drum fills, which are different on Exit Stage Left than on the studio version, which is, is not super common because Neil was very compositional in his writing, and he liked to stay there. He would like to improvise a little bit, but he he really stuck to the compositions that he wrote, and he duplicated them in concert just with absolute precision and power and emotion. And the last thing I love about Xanadu, double necks. Double necks. <laughs> you gotta love it.
0: Why didn't I pick Xanadu number one? Why didn't I?
1: I don't know, Steve. I don't know.
0: So my guess for Ryan's number one is... Middletown Dreams.
1: Oh, I'm going, uh, hold your fire. I'm going mission. And my turn.
2: Go
3: ahead, Jim. Subdivisions.
2: It is subdivisions. So We got it wrong. (laughs) We guessed the wrong guy. Listen, Jim and I talk Rush so often that we just, we know each other's. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm not going to repeat everything that you guys have already said about the song, other than I'm just going to say how this relates to me because I think this song relates to every Rush fan in some capacity, right? Growing up, I was I was kind of nerdy, but I was kind of a jock at the same time. I was I was caught, you know, to steal from between the wheels in between a rock and a hard place. I was the kid that would go out on the baseball field and pitch a no hitter, and then go back into the dugout and talk about video games and talk about Rush. I sucked at batting, not to toot my own horn, but uh, you know, it's the type of thing where be cool or be cast out. I was cast out, but I had friends kind of from each end of the spectrum. And this song just always related to me so much. And I really believe that you can make the argument that this is I'm not saying it is, uh so don't quote me, but I think you can make the argument that this is Russia's best song.
0: Yeah. Except it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My number Steve. one is
2: Russia's best song. Uh oh. <laughs> so your number one is subdivisions then. Now
1: I I have to say st- Steve, I don't know what you're going to put as number one. I, I,
2: I have a really good idea.
1: If
0: Ryan guesses and you don't, I mean, what does that say about you?
1: It says that I didn't get a good night's sleep last night, but it says about me.
2: <laughs> uh, I think your number one is a song about a car, Red Barchetta. Ooh. Jim?
3: I am going to just kind of go out on a limb and guess it is Hemispheres. Wow. That is a
1: limb. That's a limb. Uh, who's closer,
0: Steve? Ryan is closer.
1: <laughs> Ryan is closer. I'm going to say that you're going to say that it is Limelight.
0: No, it's Red Barchetta. Oh, Ryan was he, so close that he was right.
2: <laughs> I li- I listen to your podcast, you know. See?
0: Ryan listens to the podcast. Jerry, you should listen to it once in a while.
1: If I listen to every time Steve said uh, a song was in his top ten.
2: whoa. Wow. Yeah, I was expecting Steve's top 10 to be about 50 songs long. Right. There you go.
1: (laughs) Look, it's another song
0: that transports you to another place. I mean, you're with Neil on this ride, the whole song, and Getty and Alex and Neil created this cinemascape that is just incredible. I mean, every note of that song has meaning Mm -hmm. with the lyrics for me. There are so many little moments in that song that just are incredible. And, you know, we talked about it when we talked about Red Barchetta. I mean, it's just, it's just the song for me. I didn't say it then that it was my number one, but it is. It's the best Rush song. I'm sorry. It just is.
3: <laughs> I think we have four best Rush songs. So that's, that's pretty good or
1: 40
3: or 40 or 40 or 40 is a fantastic song and steve i i i will say though that i every time i hear them play that live it's just it feels special somehow yeah you know when they when they play it live it it, it always has
0: well this this was fantastic guys this was great thanks so much for joining us with this it was fun
1: i'm just surprised that there weren't more overlaps
0: yeah, there were a couple, but there weren't many. That was yeah. thanks to Ryan's uh, just picking <laughs> Power Windows for the whole thing.
2: <laughs> no, I mean I had I had I had three songs from Signals and I had three I'm songs kidding. from Power Windows in my top six. So I mean, I guess you could say my favorite album's Power Signals, right? <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. Signal Windows. <laughs> so we mentioned this at the top, but we're also doing this on the Rush Roundtable this week. So when this episode is released, you're hearing this. On Monday, May 10th, you can also go on YouTube and play the Rush Roundtable, which will be appearing on. And uh, we're going to have a couple other people there, Ryan, as well?
2: Yes, we will have Ryder Hyduck and Stephanie Mossman, two of the Rush fans page admins.
0: Okay, great. So we'll hear their top 10s and we'll hear ours again.
1: Does it have to be this top 10?
0: Yeah, you can change it if you want to. <laughs>
1: That'd make it interesting, right? Because I know I just had a feel like, as I was as I was compiling <laughs> this, I'm thinking to myself, man... I could, I could do this again. I could just make another top 10. Do you know what I mean? There's so many. It's ridiculous how many good songs Rush has.
2: We can throw in some honorable mentions on the roundtable. How about that?
0: We'll have to tune in to hear Stephanie's and Ryder's lists and also our honorable mentions. Yeah, there you go. So Jim, Ryan, thanks a lot. We really appreciate you joining us today.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It was a great time. Yeah, it was fun.
0: So Jared, that was... Probably the most difficult thing we've ever done on this podcast.
1: That's true. Having to narrow it down. I'm telling you right now, Steve, I am not doing all of the songs.
0: Yeah, no, me neither. I mean, just listening to your list, forget Jim and Ryan's for a second. Yeah. Your list, I didn't have the spirit of radio on my list. And I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute. How did I not have the spirit of radio on my list? I didn't have Red Barchetta on mine. How do you not have Red Barchetta in your top 10? I know, I'm crazy. Both of our lists are crazy right? because we're missing about 20 songs from our top 10 that should have been
1: in there. Right. The thing that was amazing is that there was very little overlap between all four of our lists. Yeah. There were a couple here and there, but there weren't a lot. I thought it was just going to be straight up my list. <laughs> I assumed everyone <laughs> would like everything that I like. You know what I mean? All of these hits, there's so many songs, Steve, that are so good. It's ridiculous. It's it's a fool's errand, even trying.
0: And Ryan picked three songs from Power Windows in his top ten, which
1: <laughs> I love Power Windows. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but right. that's crazy to me. It is
0: just because there's so many other great songs th- that you have to omit to put those three Power Windows songs in.
1: I know, but once again, that just shows how great all of these Rush songs are. So many of them are that so you can have three <laughs> three songs from power windows in your top 10.
0: It really is amazing. And Jim, Jim's a little bit older than Ryan. So I figured his list would be similar to ours, but it really wasn't.
1: Right. Not at all. Not at all. I'm assuming that we could do, a, we could ask people for their top 10s and we would be surprised at the variety. We might be able to cobble together an entire, like a list of all of the songs, just from people's top 10s. Somebody's bound to mention lessons as their favorite song. You know what I mean? Or the necromancer.
0: Yeah, that that's a great idea. We should ask people to send us their top 10s at therushcast at gmail.com and then see if we get every single Rush song somewhere <laughs> in somebody's top 10.
1: I bet we do. I bet we do.
0: Someone will put Ty Shan in their top 10 just to stick it to you.
1: That's right. And they should. Yeah, they should. I deserve it. <laughs> I deserve everything I get. <laughs> anyway. You can find us
0: on Twitter, at RushFanCast. Instagram, we are at The TheRushCast. As I said, email Jerry, TheRushCast at com. The bass intro and outro was done by Lex. And I did want to mention one more thing, Jer. Yes. A family friend, 17-year-old Luke Matisich, has got a band called Sea Green, and they just released a new single called ThunderDog. Okay. So I figured I'd play a little bit of it right here. All right. Pretty awesome. I mean, 17-year-old kids putting this together.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: It's great. It really is. And he's a huge, huge Rush fan and said, hey, Steve, could you mention us on the podcast? And I said,
1: well, we have to, right? Right. where they release it? Where can people find it? Spotify. Oh, geez. That's like real. That's real, Steve. Oh, it's like real. It's not a joke. <laughs> and Sea Green, is that what you said?
0: The name of the band is Sea Green, and the name of the song is Thunderdog.
1: That's a good band name.
0: Yeah, I like it. So I hope you have a great quote, Jer, to wrap this up for us. The top 10 list, is, is it? Is it from your top 10?
1: It's not from my top 10. It's from Ryan's top 10. Okay. I was inspired by his love for power windows. So it's from Grand Designs. Oh, nice. Like a righteous inspiration overlooked in haste, like a teardrop in the ocean, a diamond in the waste. Some worldviews are spacious and some are merely spaced.
0: I have to rethink my top 10 now. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Chair.
1: Bye, Steve. Hey, Rush fans.
2: This is Ryder Heiduck. And this is Stephanie Mossman. And we are two of the page admins of at Rush fans on Instagram. Are you interested in hearing our top 10 lists as well? Then check out the counterpart to this episode of Something for Nothing, Rush Roundtable, episode 75
3: of this same topic.
2: You can view it now on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash the letter C forward slash Rush fans. Enjoy!